Is it time to buy the crypto dip or should you wait for an even deeper correction? In today's video, I'm going to be giving you a general market update to discuss where we currently sit in the market cycle and take a look at some of the most popular altcoins to try and determine whether this is a buying opportunity or whether you should wait for further opportunities in the future. As a weekly watch list show that I do every single week, I'll be going through some of my favorite altcoins of the week in terms of their technical setups as well as their fundamentals to help you get a good gauge of where the market sits and where your favorite altcoins sit ahead of the week. In today's show, we're going to be talking about the biggest alts such as Solana, Injective, Celestia, AVAX, as well as some of the more underrated altcoins that I believe could be primed for positive weeks in the market to come despite the correction today. So let's firstly take a look at Bitcoin and Bitcoin's price action is actually really, really simple. If you've been following the show, you'll know that I've been tracking this ascending channel and you can see right now Bitcoin is currently positively retesting the upper band of this ascending channel at $41,000. Now, assuming Bitcoin does break through the top of this channel as it looks like it wants to do because multiple tests tend to weaken support levels, then we can assert that there's two major levels to look at. There's your mid-range level, which Bitcoin hovered at during the November run-up that currently sits at around $40,000, depending on when this move eventuates. And then you also have the bottom of the ascending channel, which if it eventuates within the next couple of days, would be between $38,900 and $40,100. Or if it happens in a week or so, uh, the floor would be $40,200. So these are the two next levels to target on Bitcoin. The sooner they happen, the deeper the correction. Um, if not, I think Bitcoin could just range sideways and end up stalling out at a certain point. You also have your major support level at $37,900. This is the level that Ran actually pointed out on his Twitter account as a support level that he's watching. So if Bitcoin actually does end up breaking through this channel, then you could look to a general correction back down to this point. But if we zoom out onto the weekly chart, you can see that a correction even back down to that level would not be devastating for Bitcoin, uh, considering the fact that it's just had such an awesome run-up over the last few months. I mean, it's run all the way from $16,000 to $45,000 with essentially no breaks. So a slight correction here is actually extremely healthy for the market, and it gives Bitcoin some room to breathe. So those are the levels that I would be looking out for on the daily. Uh, you've got your support level at 38, and then you've got your ascending channel levels there as well. Interestingly to note, even during this minor correction, Bitcoin dominance hasn't really moved. Bitcoin dominance has basically been going sideways. So this shows that the market's propensity um, to back the altcoins during these periods is still super strong. Otherwise, what we would have seen is a massive dominance shoot up to the upside. We've seen a tiny green candle on the daily, but it's very, very small and inconsequential in what has been generally a stronger market for altcoins over the last few weeks. So looking at the altcoins specifically, there is one major level that I'm looking at, and this is the key resistance level on total three. Total three is the index excluding Bitcoin and Ethereum, and it's an index that I really like to chart in order to gauge the sentiment 
of the altcoins in the market. And what you can see is we did break through, but we actually failed to close above. And you can see we're coming back down below this level. This is a level that we previously tested in August before failing to break above and resulting in a decline, um, which ended up being the FTX collapse in 2022. This year, this is our first attempt at breaking past this level. We were successful for uh, the intra-week time period, but then the next um, weekly close looks to be happening below this level, although there's still another six days to go in the week, so we'll see what happens. Um, but it does look like it does want to close below. This is bearish price action. However, we do need to keep our eye on this chart. If we do start to get consecutive weekly closes above this level, that would be amazing for old queens as your next targets aren't really until the 600 level, um, which is still, if we want to chart it here, a 35% move away, and that would, of course, mean 5Xs, 10Xs on many low-cap alt altcoins. But for now, we just have to wait and see what the altcoin market decides to do. It may end up wanting to target this $405 billion level over the coming weeks. Um, but this is the chart that I've definitely got my eye on. Remember that when it comes to charting total three, it's not really one where TA makes all the difference. What it is more so powerful as um, is a momentum tool. So I like to use this to get the general momentum and feeling for the market rather than a, you know, uh, general chart to trade, you know, my risk parameters off um, in terms of technical analysis. Let's look at some of the biggest gainers this week before we head over into the individual altcoins that I want to talk about in today's video that make my watch list for this week, uh, starting on December 18th, of course. ICP has been one of the leaders in the market recently, um, actually up 84% this week. This is one that's a notable standout over on Velo. You have AVAX as well, Filecoin, Adam, all performing super well. These are some of your stronger majors, some of your weaker majors. A Casper this week, Link has had a correction. Doge has started to show signs of weakness alongside Matic. So ICP really leading the charge here. I've seen a lot of creators starting to talk about ICP and it's starting to be back um, in rotation in terms of a topic to be spoken about on Twitter. Twitter, I must say, I'm not the most bullish uh, person in the world on ICP. I do kind of get the narrative, but um, in terms of a long-term fundamental holding in my portfolio, there are other networks that I prefer to hold given the relative valuation, but um, I do understand at least why it's pumping this week. The first coin I want to talk about this week is Ethereum. It's one that's been really, really weak, and I'm starting to see a lot of people across Twitter starting to really hate on Ethereum, um, saying you know that it's a failed project. If they can't scale now, they'll never be able to scale, and I just think the amount of hate for Ethereum has really increased over the last few weeks. I think a lot of this is perpetuated by the super loyal Solana community. Um, but I'm going to kind of put my hat in the ring here and say that I expect things to change for ETH and the way I'm going to track this is via um, ETH BTC because that's going to show the dominance of, of ETH versus the market, right? I do think Ethereum is going to turn uh, for the positive in the near future. I just think you can't um, keep a good horse down. Eventually, it's it's going to have um, its time in the sun, and although maybe it has kind of been slower than expected over the past few weeks, Ethereum is definitely one that I expect to have a bullish push at some point. Um, and I also think from this point 
going forward, it actually uh, represents a decent risk-reward proposition versus a lot of the other L1s like Solana and AVAX, which have rallied super aggressively. Like In terms of a trade, for me, Ethereum does have more upside in the short term than a Solana. I mean, that's just my opinion, um, and we know coins like Sol have been super explosive, but I am kind of trying not to fade Ethereum too much amidst um, the general sentiment kind of souring, but you do have to remember you do have the EIP upgrade happening for ETH very, very soon, uh, and just on a fundamental basis, we know that Ethereum has the largest wealth affected crypto with just the vast majority of dev power that's backing ETH and also it has huge VC backing and funding to actually fix a lot of the issues that it does have. So I do have faith in Ethereum and it's still one of my biggest holdings. Just wanted to say that in today's show as well as more in the shorter term, I would definitely wouldn't be fading ETH from a trading perspective either. The next altcoin on my watch list for this week is Stacks. The BRC20 narrative is very hot and I want to say that I think 2024 is going to continue to be the year of BRC20. I think we're only really just scratching the surface of what could potentially unfold here with this whole Bitcoin inscriptions narrative. We've seen it's very popular in Asia. We've seen ordinals and inscriptions numbers go absolutely crazy. So this isn't a narrative to fade on, although there aren't that many great bona fide projects in this niche. There are a few, and Stacks is certainly benefiting right now from the increased hype in this sector. Now, technically, it's not an ordinal itself, but it is, uh, I guess, Bitcoin layer two is what they like to call themselves. They also have their SBTC launching very, very soon. And you can see here that it has started to gain some traction in terms of the mempool, and you can also see its TVL has been spiking over the past few days as well. From a TA perspective, whilst a lot of the market has been dipping, it is showing signs of strength, and we know we can learn a lot about coins in the market by evaluating how they react to general market weakness, and we can see Stacks right now is behaving in a very strong manner, um, and that would lead me to believe it is wanting to make this push up to its major resistance at 125, and of course, above that, you are looking at um, a potential effort to get back towards its all-time high, although I think that's getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves from now. For now, it does need to clear this level, and if I'm looking at longs at any point during the week, stacks would be one on my long list. Remember, when you are trading in this market, um, obviously holding it long-term is a different ballgame, but if you're trading it, you want to be looking for the stronger coins in the market. Stacks and Injective, uh, which is also showing very strong relative strength, definitely fit that bill quite well. All right, let's move on now to another coin that I'm watching this week, um, and that is Search. So Search is the new token that Serenity Shield has issued. Serenity Shield, of course, is a partner of the show, and I've spoken about them in the past. I'm watching this token because it's just launched today. Actually, at the time of recording this video, it hasn't launched, but this video goes out five hours after I'm recording, and by then, at 12 p.m. UTC, December 18th, it should be launched. So this is one that will be on my watch list this week. Um, considering their IDO sold out and had such a large demand for the token, with over 4,500 participants taking part in the IDO, uh, there's a lot of hype here um, for the token. So this is definitely one that's on my watch list uh, from a trading perspective, maybe even a buying perspective if we do get decent... Uh, prices. We need to wait and see what the market cap is when it launches, but that is one that I'm looking at. If you don't know what Serenity Shield is, it's essentially a product that allows you to have full sovereignty and control and ownership over your assets, but it also has a built-in inheritance protocol. So it essentially allows you to choose a nominee um, for your funds. So it's essentially bridging that gap between a centralized exchange 
and a decentralized exchange by enabling you to have a place to store your assets but have the peace of mind uh, that your assets are actually going to be safe because we know there are issues with the centralized model but also the decentralized model as well. The token itself, the search token, which is what I'm discussing here as a part of my watch list this week, uh, is very interesting because it acts as a governance token behind the Serenity Shield ecosystem, which actually pays back a percentage of the revenue generated from the Strongbox product, which is a subscription model back to the holders of the search token. So it essentially has a real yield component to the token, uh, which is one that's going to underpin the valuation of the token. So quite interesting tokenomics, as you can see in front of you. And I'm always a big fan of projects that implement these revenue sharing models because it's great for holders, not just to be able to vote like something like a Lido, um, but actually have real uh, earning potential from the success of the protocol. So I think from that perspective, they've done a good job. So if you do want to trade the coin, buy the coin, or just monitor the coin for that matter, you can do so on gate mexi or pancake swap uh, these are the major exchanges that it's currently listed on but, but i expect in the future it's probably going to get even more exchange listings so there's a link in the description below if you want to check out serenity shield that'll take you directly to their website where you can check it out on their respective exchanges um, but yeah hopefully this launch goes well and also provides some trading opportunities without further ado let's get on with the rest of the show the next narrative I want to discuss is a bit of a weird one um, because it's not totally relevant to what I'm about to tell you, but I'll show you why it's also relevant to what I'm about to tell you. So basically, Chinese liquidity injections have been at their yearly highs, which means the Chinese government is injecting liquidity into the economy. So at face value, you could assert that this is pretty good for the crypto market because generally, uh, when you do get these big liquidity injections, as you can see back in February, we do tend to have positive price action for crypto. Why? Because crypto is extremely sensitive to liquidity. In fact, global liquidity is the highest correlation um, out of any asset class to crypto. I mean, it's not technically an asset class, but it has higher correlation than equities, gold, um, bonds, etc. Even interest rates. Liquidity is what drives crypto. China is one of the biggest global markets, so clearly that has a, a very large effect on the crypto market. But I'm not going to talk to you today about why it's bullish for Bitcoin. I want to talk to you about why it's bullish for Chinese coins. <laughs> and I know it kind of sounds funny because, I mean, theoretically, there should be no link here. Um, but in the past, when we have seen these big Chinese liquidity injections, as you can see here with the QE program back in January, we have seen explosive moves from Chinese altcoins. We saw it across CFX, we saw it across ACH, we saw it across all of these kind of Chinese-related coins. So although some of these coins aren't necessarily Chinese by nature, they might just have a Chinese name or some Chinese team members, they kind of are proxy bets for the China narrative. Um, and that's why this week I'm keeping my eye on CFX as one of them. Price hasn't really moved yet. Price action is kind of choppy. I'm not getting into a trade right now, but what I am doing is I'm going to be watching and monitoring this token. If it does start to move, I don't want to miss out on the Chinese narrative number two. I don't exactly know when it's going to be. I don't have a crystal ball, uh, but at some point, 
I think the China narrative could kick back into gear. And that is why on my trading view, I have this tab called Chinese narrative tokens, where I have some of these China coins in there, like ACH, like CFX, etc. And I'm monitoring them. Actually, ACH is super interesting because there's this major horizontal resistance level at the 225 region. If it starts to break above, then it definitely could lead to an explosive move for ACH. Has a fair bit of work to do if it does want to break out, but that is one on my watch list. It's time to talk about Solana because uh, we're finally getting a substantial pullback on Sol from its local peak to its current level. It's down 14%. Currently, it's holding up pretty well. If you look on the daily chart, we've had that perfect kind of retest of this 6-7 level. So for short-term longers, this is essentially your last line uh, to long because you have that clear invalidation. We have a few major wicks, which would make me wary of uh, a stop too tight, but you know you've got that stop around 63. More of a low leverage slash spot trading environment, but this would be your last buy the dip environment um, for Solana. And then, of course, you do have Solana at the moment flipping Ethereum volume, which is actually interesting because last time the Sol metric started to uptick, the move actually happened a couple of weeks after the uptick. So things tend to happen on a delayed time frame for Solana, which makes me think there still could be some juice left in the lemon. It's a very popular narrative as well. So looking at these two major supports, support at 6.7 and support at 5.7, longer term spot accumulation, I much prefer at the next support level, um, but shorter term accumulation for any sort of trade or swing trade positions, you can look at this look at this current level that it's testing. Bonk is another one. If Solana does bounce nicely, I wouldn't be fading the bonk. Um, I mean, it's a stupid meme coin at the end of the day. But all meme coins are stupid, and it's shown its propensity to have these explosive price pumps over the last few weeks. So I think it's really taken the market by storm. You've got to be very wary of these coins. Don't trade crazy leverage. Don't put anything more than you're willing to lose because it basically is a complete gamble. But, I mean, when we talk about Sol, we have to talk about Bonk, considering how interlinked they are. In fact, anyone that bought the Solana Saga phone would have a Bonk airdrop um, on their phone or, or have tokens uh, already preloaded onto the phone. That's why the phone, in some cases, has been reselling for $5,000, which is absolutely crazy. Let's talk about now um, Injective, because Injective's another super strong token. I don't really want to talk too much about trading Injective because, I mean, it's a super hard one to trade. It's run heaps. It wouldn't surprise me if it kept going um, because it's been showing strength even today on the dip, and it wouldn't surprise me if it dropped because it's very overextended. So I'm not going to try and make any assertions like I know what's exactly going to happen to the ejected price. What I am going to tell you, though, is to pay attention to the ecosystem. So tomorrow on my Twitter, I'm actually going to be releasing a thread which details how to take part in injective ecosystem airdrops. But what I would also do in the meantime is really start digging into the INJ ecosystem, especially on the meme coin side. You can see here there are a lot of new wallets starting to um, crop up on Injective, A, because of airdrop farming, um, but also because uh, I'm starting to see the launch of some some meme coins and the ecosystem seems to just be getting a bit more lively. Still not a whole lot of TVL on chain. Most of it's just airdrop farming. Once again, I'm going to be posting my thread um, tomorrow. But yeah, Injective's an ecosystem. I would definitely keep my eye on um, as an active trader and an investor. And that's something I'm doing. Hence why I'm writing the thread. And there's also lots of airdrop opportunities. Now what I want to do is go into the three coins uh, that have buy the dip potential. So we know the market is currently dipping. Um, we kind of are trying to assess now whether it's the right time to buy the dip or not. I'm going to talk to you about three coins that have buy the dip potential uh, because of their relative strength and also 
because of their technical setups. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that if you do want to earn yield on stable coins, I've partnered with Spool to create my own custom USDC vault, which actually pays 8.41% total APY, which is pretty crazy. What I've done is I've created a custom strategy on their vault creator, uh, which incorporates USDC vaults from Notional Finance, Morpho, Aave, and Compound to create a risk-adjusted score, um, risk score that I was happy with uh, versus the APY, which I do believe objectively is pretty strong, being able to earn around um, 8% APY on your stablecoins. It's, it's not bad at all. So yeah, Spool's been an amazing platform I've been playing around with. If you do want to get involved uh, with the USDC vault to just earn a little bit of passive income, you can do so using the link in the description and you can also build your custom vault. So if you click on create vault and then you click on select strategies, you can build custom vaults for a variety of assets, primarily stable coins and Ethereum. And yeah, it's really fun to play around with. And there's all sorts of risk scores you can use to adjust your sliders uh, uh, to get the, the the right vault for you and your needs. But Spool's an amazing product, which I think is going to appeal to um, especially like institutions, which have been kind of previously, I mean, a bit scared to enter DeFi. I think this definitely bridges that gap and makes DeFi more accessible for institutions and, and big funds, but also retail investors that have previously been a bit averse to uh, building DeFi vaults, etc. So there's a link in the description to Spool if you want to earn some yield on your USDC. Let's talk about some of these buy the dip coins now. Of course, any of the coins in today's video could be considered BTD coins like Solana, um, Injective, etc. But these three specifically, I wanted to point out today. You've got AVAX, which is starting to have a significant pullback from its local high. It's currently down 16.73%. This has been a super strong narrative in the market recently. In terms of major levels here, the next major level isn't until $31 because this is the previous level that it rejected off in August 2022. So, if the price does roll over to this level, I do become um, quite interested from a spot buying perspective. But if we do have a look at the four alley chart and we can kind of try and map out, map out some support here, we can see that there is also a support at $37. That also might be a level that gets nibblers interested in nibbling at the avalanche price. But for me, um, the major buy the dip level comes in at $31. You've got Celestia as well that I'm looking at. This is a really interesting zone that has a clear invalidation, and this is the, I think it's like, you know, 10 to $11 level uh, that corresponds with the ascending pattern that we're seeing. I mean, Celestia been setting in higher low after higher low, higher high after higher high, now starting to show a little bit of weaker price action, which is fair enough, because prices run up so, so aggressively. And if you can get an opportunity to buy along this support line, you've got that invalidation. So this could be an interesting play for those who missed out on the Celestia trade, either spot or low leverage. You don't want to go with crazy high leverage because it has shown um, the, uh, the tendency to have some major wicks like you, you can see here on December 11th. So that's what I'm looking at on Celestia. And Celestia, like INJ, has a super lively ecosystem. This is going to be one I do a thread on in the future, but I did a recent thread on some of the Celestia airdrops opportunities as well. And I do believe that it's not just the tokens, like INJ and TIA, that can give you opportunities. It's actually a lot of the projects being built underneath these ecosystems, which are even more exciting considering they're nascent ecosystems, right? So anyone that's on-chain, I think, um, will be able to play around with a lot 
of these ecosystems. And I think that's why being on-chain and being at least aware of what's happening on-chain is so important in crypto, right? Because there's so many opportunities which crop up as a result, whether that be airdrops getting into, you know, new protocols when they're deploying, IDOs, etc. All of this is only possible if you've got your finger on the on-chain pulse, not always possible when you're constantly trading on um, centralized exchanges, trading majors on, on sexes. Of course, you have to play to your edge. If you don't have an edge when it comes to on-chain trading, then and you do have an edge when it comes to centralized exchange trading, then sticking to that edge makes sense. But um, I definitely think it's worth playing around with, at least for your typical crypto enthusiast. I mean, I've learned so much by... Basically, all I've learned is, is by being on-chain. Now I look at Render. Render's in a very similar boat to Celestia um, in terms of its price action. So similarly, it's probably not the best high-leverage trade due to these wicks, but... Low leverage or spot, you do have that nice level between $3.95 and $4. So this one is also nice uh, with the higher lows and higher highs. So renders another one that I'm looking at. If you want to swap some of the assets that I've spoken about in today's video and you want to do that on the spot side, SmartX has recently launched their new hybrid aggregator, which can give you some of the best swap rates in crypto. So this is across Arbitrum, BNB, Base, Polygon and Ethereum, and you can swap spot assets and get some of the best rates. Actually, you can see you've got your tier uh, right in here if, if Celestia is one of the coins that you want to swap for either buying or selling. And of course, you can do this across a variety of chains. So if you want the best fees, um, SmartX's new swap function can offer you that and give you a nice place to swap. And if you also want some of the best yield rates in crypto, um, remember that some of the most lucrative APRs are still on SmartX. So if you're yield farming, you can still take advantage of the multipliers. Uh, I don't think they'll be this high forever, but you still have an opportunity to take advantage of some of the highest rates in crypto. And you can see across a variety of chains, um, you can access 20, 30, 40, 50% yields. You've got their STX governance token, which obviously pays a super high APR with big multipliers. But if you don't want exposure to the governance token, you also have things like Arbitrum USDC and these native um, LPs that you can get involved in, which also have a mechanism to reduce the negative effects of impermanent loss, which are a capital efficiency improvement over other AMMs like Uniswap V3, because it's going to allow you to make more um, on your LPs, because you're not suffering the crazy impermanent loss that you suffer on other LPs. So link in the description to SmartX to play around on it, um, whether that be farming or whether that be swapping. And there's also going to be a link in the description to their Twitter account because they are doing daily Christmas advent calendar giveaways. So for the next week or so, you can get exposure to some of these giveaways simply if you interact with their tweets. So all you need to do is follow them on Twitter. So go into their page, follow them on Twitter and interact with these Christmas advent calendar tweets. Super simple and you can win some rewards. So, I mean, only 112 people commented, so you got a 1 in 112 chance of winning uh, on that particular instance, which is not bad odds considering, um, you know, the odds of most other giveaways in crypto. So why not? Why not follow them using the link in the description below? doesn't take much time, but you could win a few hundred dollars, $320, uh, which was the most recent example. Awesome. Well, that covers today. I mean, we went over a lot. All my favorite altcoin setups in the market gave you a general market update. You guys know what to look for on the Bitcoin side. I think we're entering a period, just to kind of summarize where I think we're at as a market, we're entering a period where market participants are starting to 
lose a bit of interest, but I think this is mostly because we're heading into this Christmas period. A lot of, I guess, market makers have slowed down, fund flows have slowed down. The ETF trade is pretty saturated now, heading into the uh, you know potential ETF approval in 23 days. So things are just calming down a little bit. I think we also got really overextended. Leverage got crazy. We need some time to kind of calm down, chill, range a little bit, chop a little bit uh, before I think you know we have we can have that next major leg up to the upside. So. It may take us a little bit deeper. That's why I'm not with full confidence uh, buying into the dip. And you'll notice some of my major horizontal targets are slightly lower. Uh, but that's also fine with me as well. I'm pretty well capitalized and happy in my current altcoin positions. And I've got some stables on the side in case we go substantially lower. But for now, I'm hanging out, looking mostly at the short-term trading stuff, some of the ideas I've shared in today's video. Uh, and yeah, kind of, I think volatility will probably pick up in the new year. That's at least what I'm thinking is going to happen. Let's see what happens over the next week. I'll still be at my computer and prepared either way because you can't really uh, afford to even take a day off in crypto because so much happens. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.